<laughs> what did you do with your hands? Yeah. <laughs> Can we just do this? I don't know what to do with my hands. Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, this uh, week's episode of CAFMA Connect. All of the uh, senior staff is out on a, a conference. I was going to tap the table, but apparently Jonah doesn't like that. Um, I have with me uh, Chief EMS Chief uh, Doug Naminski, and uh, I myself am Brett Pollockin, our EMS captain. Um, and together we form? The EMS division. We're blowing it up now, huh? That's yeah, a new thing. That's how it Very works. cool. Um, today we got asked by, uh, by our wonderful public relations coordinator, Kathy Goodman, to come in and give us some updates and some introduction to our EMS division. And uh, first, we're going to start out, Chief, with our Lucas devices. So, yeah, some good news, some exciting new new things to talk about. Um, yesterday, actually, we were informed that we were allowed to purchase two Lucas CPR chest compression devices. So we've been wanting these for, I don't even know, years. Um, they're really nifty devices that uh, are very user-friendly. Our guys have been asking for them. We initially had been using... Um, a different device, which we got on the grant, but those devices are, are breaking down. And unfortunately the company went out of business, so we can't even get them fixed. So we're kind of out of luck when it comes to our, our old product, but these Lucas devices are, are something that we've been looking to get. Um, so does that know the Lucas devices are going to be taking place of the old ones? Yeah. Each, each battalion will have one on the battalion rig. So yeah, each battalion. So we have two battalions, one out here and we call battalion three. That's Prescott Valley, Dewey Humboldt, um, and Battalion 6 would be Chino Valley, Paulden, um, Williamson Valley, that kind of area. So each of those units will carry a Lucas device. And so they would respond um, in their battalion chief rig to any call for cardiac arrest and bring that unit to the scene. And our guys will be trained on how to quickly assemble it and get it on the patient and start chest compressions with it. So some of the benefits for the Lucas device is to allow for providers to have their hands off. Um, one person kind of taking their hands off, um, basically allow for an automated system to deliver that chest compression. Sure. So when you think about, like, we have three persons typically on an engine, sometimes four, but usually three. Um, so one of those persons is stuck doing chest compressions at all times, and we rotate people through every two minutes. So now you get this thing on on the patient, the Lucas device hooked up, hit the start button, and it starts doing the, the chest compressions for you, and it frees up that other person to do you know, IV skills, innovation, drugs, um, maybe talking with a family member, you know, lots of different things that we could be doing. So Yeah. So another part of that too is it allows for a higher compression fraction ratio, which is kind of a big term for more compressions during that minute. Um, what so that, that's kind of for, for geeks, I suppose, like us, you know, in EMS, we would look at that kind of data at the, the, after a code, we're able to actually download the data from that device through our heart monitor, and then we can do what we call CQI, which is quality improvement. And we'll say, okay, we had this much time off chest, which means like we weren't performing chest compressions during this amount of the code. Um, the depth of compressions are this. It, it captures all this data. And so we'll be able to do a report after a code and review it with the crew and say, okay, good job here. Here's where we can improve. We need to get this unit on a little bit faster. So we need to work on timing. Um, Stuff like that, you know. Another challenge that crews generally face is movement of, uh, of our patient, where the Lucas device can be placed on, the compressions be continued on during that transportation pro process from location to ambulance and not interrupt that, that CPR process. Sure. So it that's a benefit as well. Indefinitely until the battery runs out, which 
It's a long time. Yeah. Lithium ion batteries will run for, for a while. So perfect. Those will be coming. Um, they're on order or then the process will be in order. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have an in-service for our crews in that regard and they'll be fully trained when those arrive. Actually, I think we're going to do that prior to them even arriving because we got a 120-day window for the delivery to take place. Things are still on back order. So during that time, we'll develop the training, get it out to our guys. And then once it arrives, we'll you'll, practice hands-on. You'll develop, I'll develop the training is what you're no, saying. No, they already have it. Oh, I already okay. asked for it. <laughs> gotcha. Striker has it. So okay, gotcha, gotcha. we don't have to rebuild you know, the wheel. Gotcha. Cool. So that's, that's one thing that's kind of up and coming for EMS. Um, just basically brand new that we learned about yesterday. We, yeah. Again, we've been trying for about four or five years to get our hands on some new technology, um, new devices that allow us to be a little more advanced with our rescue attempts. Mm-hmm. So that's perfect. Um, anything else with Lucas? Anything else that's kind of coming around? Um, who else carries them in the in the so region? The city's had them for I don't even know how many years, but um, their battalion chief rigs have them. Um, our guys at Fifty One have used it running calls with Battalion One numerous times, and they're the ones that always call and say, "When are we going to get Lucas devices, man? These things are great. They're easy. They work." Um, so, like I said, we've been wanting them. Unfortunately, they they're fairly expensive, and so. It took a while, but we're there. So yeah, we we'll also have to co- coordinate with the hospital with them that we're you know arriving with them. Mm-hmm. Those units are you know to be used or to be isolate or to be utilized while they're while they're in use as well. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, moving on, I guess uh, we are clearing some time pretty quick here. Um, we have upcoming CPR classes for the general uh, population, for not only for the citizens but for our own providers. Um, November third is a heart savers class. And then December 1st is our BLS class. And those are held every Friday or try to be as close as we can the first Friday of the month. So, you know, coming in January, if you look at those scheduled dates, as long as it's not near a holiday or interfering with some other training, they're generally around that first Friday of the month. Yeah. And as long as we have a minimum of a few students, you know, we'll have the class. Sometimes you'll get two people signed up and then we just kind of bump them to the next class because it's just not enough people to hold a class. But typically we do have these classes and we encourage everybody to attend. Yeah, the classes are uh, at CARTA. So they're here located in Prescott Valley um, the first Friday of every month. To sign up for the class, you just go to our website, cazfire.gov. And then from there, you just go to our training. Um, The classes, again, are open to the general public. There is no prerequisites. There's no high expectations in regards to previous knowledge or experience. Um, it can be as young as 12 years old to be able to to attend that class and be certified um, up until you're physically able to do the task. So we always welcome the public. We always welcome our providers to to uh, attend those classes in addition to. Sure. And just know like heart saver, there's no test. It's, it's not like, you know, you're basically learning the skill. We're going to show you. We're going to work with you to so that when you come out of there, you're confident to perform CPR. You know, it doesn't obligate you to do it. It just teaches you the skill. So whether you choose to do it or not, that's on you. Yeah, not only that, but the awareness level of it too. You know, to be aware of not only just the CPR, but we teach first aid side of it too. So if you go hiking, if you're out there, um, you know, you're aware of sprains, strains, injuries, breaks. Uh, we cover a vast topic levels, mm-hmm. um, and we try to break it down for the for the for the provider's skill set too. Um, if there's something that they're looking for specifically, our instructors are knowledgeable and experienced to kind of kind of lean them to the direction they should probably be going with their with their training or abilities. So it's a good it's a good entry level sure. portion. We also cover AED use, which is you'll see AEDs. You know, if you go shopping or any kind of government buildings, they're the autom- automated external 
defibrillators. So I was going to let you stumble over that yeah, one. So that was pretty good. It's hard to do, but anyway, <laughs> the little boxes and you'll see the little sign with the sticker says AED here, whatever little electrical charge symbol. So we covered their use in the classes. Um, so that when you come out of there, you're not afraid to try to use an AED. And then another kind of similar thing that we do, um, for like nonprofits, schools, churches, things like that. If they want to purchase an AED and they do it through CAFMA, we, we have uh, Eric Trujillo in the warehouse that will order up whatever model that they choose and the prices vary. Um, typically about a thousand bucks though. Right about, yeah. So they buy an AED, then we will go there and teach up to 25 people of their staff or church members how to do CPR and use an AED. And certify so that's, them. And too. that's free. You know, they're just purchasing the AED. Yeah. So those, those costs kind of offset one another. So mm-hmm. if you go through a church that has 25, you know, uh, members and uh, that cost usually runs about $50 per student. Mm-hmm. If you take that cost and associate that with purchasing a device, the AED, um, that device will kind of offset that cost of the training. So it's always an incentive for our community to be involved with that AED program. For that information, um, feel free to contact our, our, our office or you can get a hold of uh, through our website or through our phone number. So we can get you that information as you see fit. Um, Kathy, do you have anybody in particular? Anybody in particular for what? To contact for an AED program. Oh, to contact. Yeah, well, I can give you the, the number. Person? Yeah. Yes, it's 928 928- Seven seven two seven seven one one, and then the website, of course, is cazfire.gov. And I would also like to say I have taken our CPR AED class from you guys, and it is absolutely fantastic. I learned so much, and I feel very confident about my skills. Very cool. So I would recommend it to anybody. Awesome. Well, with that, we're running pretty short on time here. Um, Chief, you have anything else to add, or any other? subjects you want to cover can't really think of anything right now all right well i appreciate you guys this time thanks for watching uh this was a quick one this was a nine and a half minute so Yay. this was perfect in timing and uh <laughs> we'll see you guys next week sorry we're not uh fry tag and the and the fellowship i guess one thing we would like to add oh go ahead. we were talking about earlier just want to say thanks to our crews out there doing an excellent job we run a lot of vms calls and you guys are killing it not the people just doing <laughs> the a tech. really good job <laughs> so um, it's a bad term. That wasn't good. I said they're doing a fantastic job fantastic with the skills job. and services yeah. being delivered. So keep up the good work. We appreciate you. Thank you.